Welcome to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. Each week we sit down and discuss our favorite lore topics from within the Destiny universe. Specifically, we intend to take a close look at a specific question that has been nagging us and potentially the Destiny community as a whole. To fulfill that, our discussions tend to assume that you already have some background in the Destiny lore. Despite that, our goal is to be as lighthearted and welcoming to everyone as possible. With that out of the way, let's dive into this week's topic. So, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, this is a very uh, fun topic, uh, sort of special episode for us. Um, I think I'm going to call this the, the off-topic series, Megs. I think... Um, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. You can kind of... Yeah, definitely, definitely off topic. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a title to spin foil, but we can definitely come up with like theories and conspiracies as we see fit throughout the series. Um, that's that's our prerogative, though. We, we we can decide how how on rails we want to keep this program, or if we want to be free for it. Um, so yeah, um, we have our very special guest, Grace Nightstalker, uh, here with us. Uh, how are you? Hanging in there, you know how it is these days. I'm All here. Right. I'm, I'm thriving. I love it as best as one can. I mean, it took you had me in the first half, but then once you went to thriving, I was like, okay, okay. This is gonna yeah, work. maybe this we're good. stretching the truth a little bit. Oh no, doing our best. Okay. I mean, I, I as a as somewhat of an introvert, I'm I'm doing pretty well myself. <laughs> thriving isn't too far from it. I feel like bagels is, uh, bagels is in his prime. He's good. He's like chilling in a silk robe in front of a fire, swirling a glass of wine. It's a, it's actually like bagels owns a collection of smoking jackets. I don't know if you knew this about bagels. I didn't. Um, oh my god. He has. He has three servants. I only am aware of one. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just I'm adding to the mystery. <laughs> Are these my tiny servants from from the campaign yet to be played? I mean, oh who who's to say? But that's it's a good thing you bring up tiny servants because that's that's our off-topic theme tonight. Strictly tiny, tiny servants, servants, the spell from D and D Fifth Edition. <laughs> no, it's um, we're we're here to talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I guess specifically Fifth Ed, and we're here to sort of like share some stories and you know personal insights that we would want to tell someone who's maybe thinking about trying out D&D or tabletop gaming in general for the first time. So, you know, like, if you guys have played, like, any other tabletop game, like, I know there's White Wolf, Warhammer, like, what have you out there, like, you know, that's, that is totally game for the conversation. Um, and, I mean, I think it would be ironic if I got mad at people for getting off-topic in an off-topic show. <laughs> so, like, and, like seriously, like, any anything is game. Um and uh, but yeah, uh, we we thought we were, we would uh, do this. Um, what what sort of started the conversation is, uh, and we'll give some information more information this about at the end of the uh, the cast. But uh, Grace is hosting a, a bunch of one shots to try and sort of like open the doors to D and D for people, and uh, mm-hmm. that got she and I talking. And then like as you know, Bagels and I are connected at the shoulder. It's not the hip; it's the <laughs> shoulder. Oh God. Yeah. How do you control it? How do you control the the, the Jaeger? <laughs> the Jaeger? Oh, um, it's actually like pretty easy at that point, and like three legged races, like done. Like, we're we're just we're that in sync. Um, Gosh, I wish I had that that connection. We needed the three legged Jaeger though. That was the one caveat. Oh no. Yeah. Um, 
That's that's in the third movie. It has three legs. Oh God, no! Please let it end it too. Please. Oh no, dude, those are, those are so campy and fun. If Godzilla can have like nine bajillion movies, let let, let the Jaegers do their thing. But um, have you but have you seen the second one though? Yeah, I mean, I mean. I'm so sorry. I I like John Boyega. I thought it was good. I don't know what anyone was expecting from a giant monster robot fighting movie. Maybe I just had different expectations. Maybe my expectations were met. <laughs> so I don't. No, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know what to tell anyone. Like I was. I respect that. They they were they were those. <laughs> so. Definitely opinions. I mean, I just don't know. Like, all right. So, I I feel like when you go into that movie, and you're like, oh man, like the acting was bad. Like, I mean, you you went into a giant robot fighting monsters movie for the acting. Oh, but like, yeah, I have I well, have these no, standards for a script and stuff like this. But like, but did the robots fight the giant monsters? Like, and I mean, like they're huge. Like they can walk in the ocean. Well, yeah, like they they did that. But, like, okay, so like. In my view, the movie really delivered on everything it promised me. <laughs> like, that's just... <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about D&D. I can go off on a literal four-hour <laughs> tangent about Pacific Rim and why the sequel shouldn't have been. I will. All right. That's our next off topic. Schedule. <laughs> Scribe. Down. Scribe. I am down for talking about giant monsters and kaiju. Yeah, and no. This can, this can, I will have a series on giant robots. Don't, oh don't even try, try me. I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why have the, why was there never a second Nadesco movie? It's funny you want to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're, We're here talking about D&D. Um, one shots, right? That's uh, the thing I'm doing. Well, that's that's the thing you're doing, and that that got us talk talking, and uh, so we thought it would be a lot of fun to sort of maybe do a show about it because I think I think um, all three of us are sort of coming at it from different places and different uh, experience levels, and um, I think it'll be offer a lot of different perspectives uh, for maybe anyone who's trying it. Maybe they'll they'll I mean even if you figure out that it's not for you, like hopefully this helps. So all right. Um, I guess, uh, Grace, um, let's start with, uh, ooh, all right, so when you're building a character, where do you start, and is this how you built your first character? Is it something, like, you did from the beginning, or is it something you kind of learned the hard way that you, uh, that you like as your, like, style of build? Um, the, because the artist and character designer in me, um, likes to go visual i always start with like a look for a character so i typically pick the race before i pick the class and you know i just build more of a person before i look into like the other like nitty-gritty things that will help you build your stats so like when i built my first character um this was even before i actually like enjoyed and like wanted to try playing D&D because my first adventure in a D&D was back when Skype was still a thing and I was in I might have been a freshman in college I think um I think no wait 
I was either freshman or sophomore in college. I mean, when, uh, you're, when, you're, surf, so. when you're surfing those dangerous Skype waves, like, I feel like college is <laughs> yeah. the place to be. That's not, that's no country for old men. Oh, maybe, maybe, I might have been in high school. I don't know. I just remember visually some things of when we, when I tried it out uh, for the first time. But um, our, I think I made, our, I, I chose to, the current, the player, the character I have right now is the one I, I, I made the first time, like, go go through he had a different patron different things like that and he was more of a jokey character and i think we played like one or two sessions and then our dm was like i am a bounce and we never saw like heard from him again so that was it and i was like well dini's maybe not for me i don't like this and then i got into critical role Mm -hmm. during the briarwood arc um which was like the first like maybe I can't remember how many episodes in it was, but it was during like their Vox Machina days. And um, then I was like, man, I just want to make D&D characters. Like, I don't think I even want to, okay, it would be cool to play, but I don't know anybody else that plays kind of thing. So I was like, I'll just make, you know, maybe I'll try and delve deeper into making characters. And so I just kind of absorbed the source material for 5e and just read what I could. It still didn't really make sense to me because I'm more of a, I've got to do it to understand. Sure. So when I went back for, when I got invited to a game, which is the one I play currently, um, I like actually created a character, like Armir had a proper sheet. And so, um, I mean, that's kind of how I've always done it is, man, it would be cool to be a, you know, tiefling warlock. It'd be cool to be an Earth Ganassi barbarian. And then I just go from there and I design the character and if I have to make a character, like if I actually plan on playing them, then I'll make the character sheet and stuff. But it's usually just me making original characters based off of the source material. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my process. I can dig it. Um, for uh, for me, it's um, I, I tend to start with class. So I, I tend to find uh, the sort of... I'm trying to say this the sort of like class that I, I, I'm excited to play for that game and admittedly I haven't tried every class that I'm excited for. We'll get to this later. I don't want to mm-hmm. dive into that right now. But um, I learned back, I, I'm a little bit older than you um, but so I learned back in uh, 3.5 was uh, oh, wow. <clears throat> so yeah I just dated myself. So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learned back in 3.5 and over the years uh, that was where I played the probably the longest campaigns that I ever had and 3.5 was you could do some silly stuff but it was it was it, it there was a lot you could do and there were a lot of like little rules where you could where you could do stuff but it could get pretty complicated sure. um if as especially as you got like higher levels, and I don't think there was like a proper level cap. I think you could just keep going. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it could get silly. It, it just just yeah. Um, and then there's other stuff that's based off three point five. Um, I've tried second edition, which second edition was interesting. I didn't. I guess coming from three point five, the whole Faco thing just like never really clicked with me. I always had to ask my friend like if it hit or not. I was like, uh, yeah, so yeah. No. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, there was a bit of there was a bit of that. Um, and then I tried first edition once, and honestly, like like AD and D, and I tried that at, at a con, I think, 
And that is like, so even in, even in the stance of like, you just have like a few hours at this con for like a day that you're playing, characters died. Like it's, it's, it's less that you're RPing it's, and it's more that you like have a chess piece with a backstory if you want. Mm-hmm. That has like that that can grow like as it as it moves across the board and like that was that was really interesting. Um, so I think, huh. I think coming from that standpoint, like I never tried fourth edition. I heard that was a lot a lot of math, um, but uh, which I'm glad I dodged a bullet there. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, if you like fourth edition, you're listening to this. No, no hard feelings. I never even tried it, so it might be great. Um, I, uh, I so I I start I start with the build and then I kind of as I. It, so like most recently when I came back to fifth edition, which I which I'm really liking, um, I started with the class and then like as I was building my character, I sort of fleshed out uh, the parts of them to sort of like fit the job within the class that I had chosen. So for me, it was uh, I guess maybe like a little bit like a sort of different end of the spectrum or of the spectrum from uh, from where you started from. Like you kind of started with the character and then built the character sheet around that. Whereas mm-hmm. I kind of started with the, uh, with like the utility of the character, and then fleshed out the uh, like the RP aspect uh, from that end. Uh, but that's yeah. So I guess that's two different takes. Uh, bagels, how about you, buddy? Yeah. So I I have I'm a lot newer to D and D than both of you. <laughs> I, my first sessions uh, started actually with Taylor uh, earlier this this year, pretty much when COVID hit. Uh, uh, some of our Destiny friends got together and we decided that we we're gonna gonna play a D and D session online, and so we started up in Roll Twenty. And um, I I I mean I'd read through the the player's handbook at, at this point before basically walking into character creation, and that was basically it. I I've played RPGs in the past and that sort of jazz, so I have a pretty good idea on just like mechanically creating a character, but creating a backstory was entirely different. And so it was more so like I put a physical character together, uh, added the stats together, and uh, then um, over time I've kind of gradually filled out filled out the role of the the backstory and the um, and the uh, the rest of the just like uh, what should we call it the uh, just the the bio the uh, basically the the core character features and and. Yeah, like the, like like the traits and the flaws and like all the all the yep, little like exactly. quirks of your character. Um, that's that's one thing I I really liked about Five E. Uh, and I I think we had the benefit bagels when we were coming in of a there's a supplemental book uh, for the player's handbook called Xanathar's Guide to Everything. And what I like about it is it doesn't so much change the rules. It's is it just like gives you more ideas for your background. It's like oh like maybe your character has a rival or like maybe your character had a benefactor or like maybe you're an outlaw in this country because they hate mayonnaise like there it could be anything <laughs> and, and yeah yeah and that's in my in my mind that's part of the fun of D&D like it it, it 5e obviously comes with a whole bunch of host uh of backgrounds that you can just use basically uh custom made or pre pre-made for you but uh, in my opinion, uh, part of the fun of D and D is is coming up with like the uh, just kind of, uh, if not outright, filling in the gaps of of those little little parts that the the player's handbook gives to you or Xanathar's gives to you. Uh, the part of the fun is uh, often just kind of 
making it up as you go and saying, hey, this this seems to fit, fit the character more so than, than that. Uh, it, it, that's that's part of, part of what it is. It's a, it's a role-playing game. It's, it's less so about the mechanical aspects, in my opinion, and more so just about playing into your character and fitting in with the rest of your, your party. That's, right. That's kind of so, and, sure. you know, for example, like you said, you you know, the ba- the background and the backstory is a little tricky to deal with at first, but, you know, you can always add more as your campaign goes on because your characters and your party are going to experience different things. The, the lore and the overarching story is going to start to kind of come to light as your DM, you know, pulls you through the world. So, like, for example, our mirror didn't have the big extensive background that he does currently because at first I was like, yeah, here's his family. This is the gist of what happened and why he's here, and that's about it. But finding out more lore about the world and other NPCs, it starts to kind of fill in the missing puzzle pieces, and mm-hmm. that's what makes like D and D so much fun. Is because it also like helps you uh, like learn how to build big backstories, you know, out of sometimes nothing. So, <laughs> and and honestly, like sometimes just a to add to that it's also like the little things you decide about your character like as you go like oh man you've got this like these island people that you helped like don't have a lot in their kingdom uh right now after the dragon's devastation but here have this feast of bananas and you'd be like actually man i'm allergic to bananas can't do it that's not in your backstory he didn't encounter it like it didn't come up but like yeah no i just i just decided right now it's like um It's like, I think Norm MacDonald has a stand-up about this, but, like, you know in real life sometimes how, like, you'll you'll lie for no reason just for the sake of conversation? Mm-hmm. You'll just be, like, someone will ask you, like, hey, like, you know this? Because, like, you can tell they want to tell you a story, and you just want to, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, like, like stuff yeah. like that, like, like, little stuff like that. It's like, why did I just lie about that? <laughs> I have no clue what this is. Like, and now we're talking about law? Like, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> 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 So like that, like that type of stuff. It, I, it's like that, but I feel like there's no consequence because now mm-hmm. it can be the truth for you because you're role playing. Yeah, <laughs> you can just, part of your character, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like those little impulses that that you have just to like spice things up or like make your make your own your own time more interesting. Can like they can count now. Like you can't like you know you can't go like contradicting yourself, but like if it seems like it's like fun in the moment, you'd be like actually, I hate the color puce. I'm a very keen eye. I can tell if it's not puce exactly, so don't worry. But the man who Lord. killed my mother was wearing a puce cape. Yeah. I see you have so a puce cape. <laughs> I see. It's a very... Damn, what color is his cape? <laughs> For instance, backstory reasons. Um, it appears to be... I'm not sure how to pronounce this. The cape appears to be Mahenta. I think he's trying to say magenta. That's oh, okay, okay. It's not you. Sorry, we're fine. We're fine. It's so pretentious. It's magenta. That's right. <laughs> um, but I, I, I personally love stuff like that, and I try, I try not to have. Um, well, I guess I do try to have, like, joke characters, but I have them try to be, like, jokes that you have to, like, go through with a straight face. So it becomes, like, more entertaining. So, like, uh... What is it? My character in the, the campaign with, with bagels. 
His name is Thomas Pusher. And the joke is where he's from, his bully, a halfling named Gary Shitter, basically made it so everyone calls, like, euphemistically, like, a poop. Like, instead of a shit, they call it a push. It was, like, a thing he started to make fun of, to make fun of Thomas. And I try to add little quirks about it because, like, everyone from his town does it. And, like, by everyone, I mean even Thomas will do it by accident. He'll, he'll, he'll say it. So it's, I, I mean, that that's really fun for me. Clearly, like, it didn't land here. But, um, there's a, I, I like adding little, little jokes for myself as I, as I go along, too. That's sort of fun for me. There's just, there's so many things about my current PC that are, um, just, they're so ingrained in, like, um, inside jokes within our, our party that it's it's hard to have them translate to anybody who's never played with us. Mm. And it's just like, those are, those are the moments I love, though, is because, you know, they get referenced again later in the campaign or, like, in another moment. And it's just, it's just those things that stick. And I don't know. That's why I, I love those little things, too. So. Uh, Bagels, uh, Bagels is the bard in our campaign. I- <laughs> what kind of bard? Do you sing songs? Do you tell poems? What what kind of bard? I I definitely just pop out music just randomly. <laughs> he does a lot of he does a lot of posing. That's true. I, oh, I, I see. I take on uh, my magnificent appearance all the time to to uh, inspire inspire the party. But uh, uh, more so than that, yeah, it's uh, we've got a. Uh, uh, Dragonborn in our in our party, and he doesn't know he's 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 that. He thinks he's a wood elf. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Uh, he was he he rolled he uh, his his a uh, shout out to Dayman. We're talking about uh, Dadan here. Um, his character Dadan, when he was getting getting created, he had a he had, he had like a a bucket roll of like a six, and instead of re-rolling, he, uh... So, for anyone who doesn't know, you roll your stats on character creation, and there are things like, you know, intellect, dexterity, strength, like, what what have you. And usually you have, like, a dump stat, like, one you either don't need, or, like, if you got, like, a really bad roll, like, a lot of times uh, your DM will let you, like, re-roll one, just to give you a shot to not have a shitty. So, he had a six... And instead of re-rolling it, he was like, no, 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 this will be great. And he put it in his intelligence. Oh, and he no. plays that. And so what he what he ended up doing was <laughs> he his character is a uh, is a cleric and he, he thinks he's a wood elf because that's who he was raised by. Oh and if you try to tell him, like, hey man, so like, are you sure or what elf? He's like, Yeah man, what else would I be? I'm clearly can't you see like like I see no problem with this. Yeah, like I don't how to wood elf like how am I not a wood elf? Hmm. <laughs> like stuff stuff like that. So it's uh it's funny and he has an affinity for animals. He's uh he's worked very hard to uh find a way to uh talk with animals and they want nothing to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's <that's> amazing. <laughs> so that's uh that's a good one. Um <clears throat> So like in in your campaigns, I'm not sure how many how many you've done. Uh, bagels, I guess, like you've only done the one. Um, but the, 
in or I guess that's not true, Bagels. You've done some side stuff too, but e- even in your stuff. even in your greater uh, RPG experience, actually, where, where where you have options for this, uh, do you guys find that you more go toward battle centric, or do you lean more toward RP centric in reward? Like, is it in in the campaigns that that you that you prefer? Do you, do you reward like? role-playing your way out of it, or if, like, maybe, like, no, you did, like, a really good job on your character sheet, like, and you've just kind of fought your way through everything, like, do you reward, like, the, which do you prefer? Because I, I think kind of both can have their place, but I'm curious. So, so I guess for, for me, uh, I'll, I'll chime in quick. Uh, obviously, uh, with a little bit of limited experience, it's, it's mostly been just so far with the Bard at and so, so far, it's just mostly been me in the back, just kind of rooting on the team, just kind of going, yay, be the cheerleader. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then, obviously, when we get into the role, role play aspects, it's so about, hey, yeah, so you guy in the in the tavern there, you're kind of mysterious. What, what are you up to over there? And trying to persuade him to give up information, that that sort of stuff. Uh, that's that's kind of been my role. But uh, in the one one shots we've done, I've I've had a little bit more battle centric and. I had a uh, druid with shillelagh, and so for those unfamiliar with that, basically you turn your staff into uh, a magical weapon, which has a significant increase in its damage output. So basically, you use the staff to beat the shit out of people. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> just basically a battle druid just running around shillelaying his staff and hitting things over the top of his head. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's true. He went full bunny foo-foo on everything we fought. <laughs> yeah, he went just bopping it. Just <laughs> like square, but yeah. square so, on the head. Um, and then uh, in the other other campaign, it's it's been more of a, a monk, and so that's a little bit more battle centric too. <clears throat> that that character's uh, uh, been a little bit more. Uh, it, it's kind of, kind of like the aforementioned Dan. He's he's not all that intelligent, but he he certainly he certainly gets by for the, for the most. Is that he, um, is that your the one that's like a like an avian like a bird? Yeah, that's that's the bird character. Oh man. <laughs> Is it, is it a, are you a Kenku or an Arakokra? Kenku, yep. Uh, well, I'll say I'll say it's based on a Kenku. It's actually in a different universe. Uh, the uh, oh shoot, what's this? It's the it's deep. A, yeah, it's the, uh, I think that's what it's called. It's based in the Edge. The Edge. Oh yeah, sorry, the Deep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the Edge Chronicles. It's the book series. One of one of our friends, actually Damien, that plays the Dan. He's he's really into the Edge Chronicles. And so he wanted to do a, a campaign based on that, but uh, with basically five E, five E rules just modified for the character and uh, uh, universe of the Edge Chronicle. So yeah, that's that's, that's, that's his 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 character um, is really interesting. At first he was squawking, but it's it's eventually evolved into sort of like a Jim Cagney, like meh, see, meh. He's like, God. <laughs> basically the the bird in that universe they. They only learn how to mimic speech. Uh, they, they can understand the words. They're they're actually not entirely stupid, but they um, but they only can learn words through through mimicry. So if they can't read a word, know how to pronounce it, they have to hear somebody else speak it. And so initially, it was I was very limited in my vocabulary, slowly expanding. <laughs> <laughs> 
it it's been it's been pretty great. I'm not gonna lie, because now it's like you have this like '30s gangster bird. Like I really hope you start with, like he starts wearing his pants all high and just like starts like walking around like meh, meh, like like just start, or he's like a monk, I guess, like monk punch. Like I don't know. I don't know how he would, would emote that. It's less so the punching, but more so the talents of the beak. I see. I always think that, like, I always think uh, if you're going to be, like, a martial character like that, especially, like, a monk who has, or, like, a ninja, like, uh, whatever you do with those, I really feel like you got to yell out whatever technique you're doing. That should give you bonus points. If I was your DM, I would give you bonus points. I'd be like, oh, man, like, he, I know exactly what jutsu that was. Like, watch out. See, now i got to make my, my next, because I'm playing a monk starting October 4th. And I yes. guess now he has to shout out everything he said. I love it. I love it. Or a strike. Like, it, it wouldn't be too out of character for him either. So I'm just saying, it works out in so many shows. They just yell it out, and like it, it does it. So I mean, it multiplies the effect of whatever you're doing. I mean, Basically, if you can somehow shout it in red, it'll also be done three times faster. I don't get those references. It's it's alright, so that's that's from Gundam. Um okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate I appreciate Grace Grace getting the reference. Um the main antagonist in the original series and some of the subsequent series, uh Char Aznable, um, he appears in a red mobile suit, is how it's like really distinguishable from all the other like guys that the main character is just like it's shooting and like one shotting, like murdering. But uh, in the original thing, it's like, oh shit, the red one's three times faster. And, like, the only distinguishable difference is that, like, it's red and has, like, an antenna. And so, like, the joke is that, like, painting it red makes it three times faster. <laughs> you gotta add those fire, those, uh, the fire pattern, you know? I, I also... Flames. I, Hot flames. I also would have accepted a Simpsons speed holes. Just start adding speed holes in the hood. Oh jeez! <laughs> Dad, what are you doing? And speed holes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, that's uh, I, I love. I love. I love the uh, the monk aesthetic. It is um, a lot of fun. <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah. What about that? What about you, Grace? Um, in the campaign I play in, I, I feel like we're rewarded for like trying. I mean, I don't know. We've done pretty much both. We, um, in some fights that I thought we were just gonna get straight into combat. Um, you know, it's it, sometimes it's me, but most of the time it's our sorcerer who um will just be like, okay, hold on, we're not fighting. Let's be friends, kind of thing. And so combat turns into. The enemy is like, huh? And then, okay, guess we'll guess we'll help you out. I I guess I'm sure. Um, the very first time I played our mirror before the current campaign he's in, um, I had he has like a plus like ten something to intimidation and stuff like that. Um, so he put a pseudo dragon up on top of his head, and one of one of the other characters that was with us did like a little that little dome where you can't see through it but if you pop out people can see you like a tiny, tiny hut yeah 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 exactly the hut yeah and so he climbed up on the orc's shoulders and only leaned out from like his like chest upwards 
and then just was like, you don't want to fight us. And then it, they got so scared they ran away. Um, and then his pseudo dragon was like up on his head. So like, I love opportunities to role play my way out of things. And when I was DMing for my middle school students last year, I also encouraged them to be, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not going to tell you to kill everything you meet. If you want to talk to them and try to not fight your way through these encounters, be my guest. And this turned into um, one of our, one of the like students um, charming a bugbear who then became their pen pal. So, I mean, I don't know. I love the role play aspect of it, but also there are just some things that the DM will be like, no, you have to fight. And, you know, it's disappointing, but you know, yeah, some, I do like role playing stuff. Some some things just won't take no for an answer. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of our uh, our one of our most recent campaigns with in uh, the Edge Chronicles, Damien, where he uh, um, he had the giant dragon in that room with with us, and the basically <laughs> the encounter wouldn't end. We couldn't figure out why, but basically Taylor had picked a diary. From a young girl in the middle of this castle at some point, and he could <laughs> not give it up. Oh, <laughs> and the no. so the I think, I think, I, yeah, I, th- I think I told you about this, Grace. So this, this, this one is um, this is uh, my my other character. He's he's chaotic neutral, and oh, he's he's an he's an urchin. So this was like a side campaign. It was originally going to be a one shot that's turning into like now it's like the other campaign that we do. Like sometimes that has like yeah, it's it, it's it, it's fun. It's like a side thing. Um and it's 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 a lot of fun, but uh, my my character there is I basically just made a murder hobo. Oh yeah, like, you mentioned him. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, so like, yeah, like this is a one shot. Like, what? I'm a, I know you're not supposed to, but I was gonna, I'm gonna make a murder hobo. This is gonna be fun. And so he's, <laughs> he's an urchin. Um, he's a rogue. And I took. Um, there are these things. If uh, if you don't know, there are these things you can take uh, depending on your race. Uh, so in in this case, he was the equivalent of a human. And so uh, one of the things you can do as a human is you get a boost to some of your stats, but you can also take a feat on character creation. So what he took was a feat called Magic Initiate. And he Mm -hmm. took it as a, uh, you can choose, there there are different magic classes that you can choose that you're like the initiate in. So he chose Sorcerer, so he could use his uh, Charisma as the modifier. And so what he took was, uh, you get... um, you basically get three spells out of that, and two are what they call cantrips, so if you don't know, those are things you can just kind of, like, cast as much as you want. And then there's a level one spell that typically you would only cast, like, once a day. Um, and so for his two cantrips, he took, uh, he's Beverly, uh, his name is Beverly Thrip, if, you, if you're curious. It's a, <laughs> he's a magically delicious character. Um, and he, uh, he took, uh, he took uh, Green Flame Blade and Booming Blade, so like two like sword attacks to add to his uh, like sneak attacks. And uh, the level one spell that he took was Disguise Self. And so for fun, in the first game that we were playing, I like Beverly will just turn himself into different like opulent visages. And so like I think in the first one he turned himself into like a Duke-looking guy. And then he was a very opulent and buxom woman. Mm-hmm. And and then most recently he's a dandy. Uh, with with just a fabulous wig. 
Um, and it's, 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 yeah, so, like, that's, it's, it's really funny. So, da- Damien, the DM, liked it so much that he said, like, okay, when Beverly does it, like, it lasts till he's unconscious. Oh, my <laughs> Instead God. of an hour, so. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I'm running around, like, whole campaigns, and, like, I was, uh, the Buxom Woman was, was probably my favorite so far. I think I did that for the most, the most sessions. Before did we were finally Ivan done with that. And fan himself and all that fun stuff. Hmm? Did he say I do declare and fan himself? Oh no no no. So Beverly Beverly has a sort of uh it's like my best shot at like a sort of like Vincent Price accent. Uh-huh. And his favorite phrase is like, My name is Beverly Thrip. <laughs> and he always like introduces himself and like poses. So like even when he was the woman, like he would like walk up and like there'd be like guards be like, Who is this? And he would just like he would like perform for them. And I rolled I rolled some and like all he would do was like stand there looking opulent as his performance. Um and he would just say like, My name is Beverly Thrip. And like boom, and like I rolled some really high rolls on that. Like I think I got like a twenty on one. You, you and just roll a twenty on performance that one time. <laughs> yeah, and and just like everyone is so taken by Bevers that uh, they just they don't even they don't how could you even not believe that he is that they are Beverly Thrip like so clearly like you just let them in like <laughs> so and and in reality uh, when when the uh, when the illusion fades he got knocked out once uh, he's just like he's an urchin. He, like, lives on the streets, like, his shirt's too small, like, his belly's out, like, I don't think he has shoes. Or at least, like, not proper shoes. He might have, like, other objects he's using as shoes. I haven't decided. Uh, it changes. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that is Beverly Thrip. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's been a, that's been a lot of fun. Um, so because he's chaotic neutral, back to, like, what, what got me talking about um, <laughs> He, I, I really try to play him as just sort of like this cinematic, like just doing whatever. So we were in this mission where we were going into, like, we were raiding this like pirate lord's like tower keep where he lived, and his family lived there too. And it, one of the rooms we were searching was his daughter's room. So Bevs finds the diary and he's like starts reading it, and you know, you know, no one understands her, and she's not sure if Kevin likes her or not. And, like, this is in the middle of the book, so, like, there's writing to the end. Like, Bevs needs to know. <laughs> and so he, he took, the, uh, he took the, the diary and was reading, reading it throughout the adventure until the dragon came for it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was pretty sweet. wild. Uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, what is it? He also took her dad's pipe. He's been smoking it, but he always, like, says when he's puffing. <laughs> So he's just like, puff, puff. <laughs> so, <laughs> and what is it? I performed for uh, for our friend Dodd's character. I performed uh, a smoke trick, and I think like I rolled like a, tw- a 19 or a 20 on that too, so I just like blew a fucking space shuttle through a frame. <laughs> it's just like I, I said, like, no one, not even Beverly, has any context of what a space shuttle is. It, he just felt this was the most complicated thing he could imagine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so I'm yeah. trying to think of anything that compares like that in our campaign, but 
I really gotta think hard because there has been some funny shit we've done. But, <laughs> oh my God. I, I have I have a bit of a penchant for it, uh, especially with with Beverly Bees, just because like yeah, I I think I still think of the character as sort of a like a it's a one shot character, like do what you want, <laughs> like, <laughs> make a murder hobo, <laughs> like, <laughs> live your best life. Yeah, like he is. <laughs> He is amazing, but it's it's really it's really hilarious because we we've, we've leveled up a few times. Like I think we just got to level five. Uh, so. Beverly's gotten there twice. They had to level me down. Uh, you were too powerful. Well, it's because it's because there was um, Bags. I think I think there was one campaign without you. Yeah. And then Beverly killed like it wasn't a god, but it was like real powerful. <laughs> and David's like, oh shit, this is a lot of experience. Yeah, I think I killed like a black dragon or something. My god. Yeah. Well I had some help, like it wasn't like he did it by himself. But like uh I made um so there's these things, uh listeners, called archetypes. And archetypes are like you pick your class at the beginning and then at third level you get to pick like there are like subcategories within that class that you can kind of pursue and they get different benefits. I picked one called Swashbuckler. And long story short, um, I it, it he's someone who can like kind of like sneak out, like hit you real quick and like get away pretty easily. And I was fighting with I had two gigantic friends that we'd made along the way. Um blocking space and and keeping this this dragon at base so i was like i was just moving in and out behind them and like you know just pecking away very tiny it it's like um i don't know if anyone's ever worked construction but sometimes you got to have everyone working and so you'll see things like there's a dude operating like heavy machinery and another dude with a shovel both like kind of contributing <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's you like some that. sometimes like you're the dude with the shovel, and so that's who Bev's was. But he got the final blow, <laughs> like, and he killed the dragon. And so, my God! <laughs> so he leveled up, and then he was like, "All right, like you know, we need to bring you back down because we're introducing new characters." I was like, oh, okay, okay. So he put me back down to level three, and now I'm back up to level five again. Mm-hmm. I that I had to nerf him. <laughs> it's very spicy. I can't. I can't emphasize enough the spice. It's, it's very. It's very picante. It's very. It'll get you. Um. But, but uh, Grace, you 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 mentioned you you DM for your students. Um, if anyone doesn't know, I hope I'm allowed to say since you brought it up already. But like, Grace is a teacher. She teaches uh, the children. I teach um, the youth. The youths? The youths. The impressionable... No, I meant impressionable youths. The unimpressionable youths? <laughs> the unimpressionable youths. These youths are so jaded. <laughs> I could only... I work at a special school for only jaded youths. <laughs> <laughs> They've had enough of my shit, and we haven't met yet. But <laughs> <laughs> They're just as important. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but uh, what is it? Um, what is it? You teach uh, art, right? I do. Awesome. That's so cool. Yep. That's uh, me. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Um, we could have... That's that's super cool that uh, that you're doing that. Uh, I used to work with kids uh, myself, but not in not in that not in anything near that capacity. But uh, like they're fun to work with. I think, uh, you know, um, I definitely 
you definitely learn a lot, and it's 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 a lot of fun to have a like a like a fresh like literally perspective on something. Um, you know, for for yourself uh, too. But uh, did you say you DM for them? I did. So <laughs> last year, I was like. You know, I'm running art club, but I think it'd be really cool to run a tabletop club. And that was my way of disguising it as a Dungeons and Dragons club was saying, hey, it's tabletop. Can I run a tabletop club? And they're like, what's it like? I'm like, well, we play games. They're like, it's like a board game. I'm like, so I try to pitch it to my my, uh, admin and they were like, okay, sure. And so, I mean, one of them was all on top of it and they were like, yeah. I'll, we can get you a stipend for it too and i'm like oh, i get paid i get paid to do this um but i used the stipend basically to get them dice i got like a dm screen i was able to get like two of the starter kits because that would be like enough for them to share and um yeah i had like an interest meeting and a bunch of kids showed up and then some of them didn't show up for character creation uh-huh. so i was like well like that you guys are it and it was exactly 20 and i'm like well what i can do is it turned from one meeting a week into two and then i dm'd for 10 students each day so um yeah so 10 middle schoolers in a DD group amazing for the very first time uh 10 a day (laughs) so it was the same group on tuesdays and then a different group of the same kids on thursdays so i had two different parties and i basically walk them through character creation. I taught them how to, you know, utilize all their skills and checks and everything and encourage some of them to do, you know, character voices or really role play it out and things like that. And it was, it, I, de- I definitely learned a ton about D&D, like through teaching them how to play it. So that was really, really cool. And also um surprisingly a lot of my quietest students that were in my class that had heard about it through me saying like hey there's a meeting an interest meeting come check it out um joined the club and started to really like talk to other kids in class and they started meeting outside of school and you know talking about the games and one of the, one, a few of them even started their own campaign outside of the club and it was really really cool to see how you know, interested they were. And I had some kids, you know, that had things after school that they had to, you know, leave the club for. And then instantly there was a kid that was like, I've heard about this from one of my friends. I want to come join. Can I join? And then that turned into them using class period and I would help them build a character really quickly. And then they would, you know, be the new fill-in. So it was definitely a learning experience for me. It was fun to build my own campaign in my own world it was definitely really inspired by things like the adventure zone and just other things that I'm interested in too. And one of the, like even their initiation things into like the big overarching story was meeting, meeting uh, the drifter and playing gambit. Um, oh, I, I love it. I adapted the rules of gambit in a, like a more D and D way. So cut out the like, very low not that extreme um like low level like low challenge rating monsters that could be like the enemies they would fight and figuring out what like the blockers could be and they also learned about the death mechanic uh through that too so one of them 
about lost their minds to get their character permadied. And I was like, no, I was like, it's fine. Just, it's all right. I'll teach you what to do. And, you know, it was Gambit. So they, you know, air quote respond um, because of magic. But I let them, you know, <laughs> kind of hang in the balance there. So kind of really worry about it for the first time. I mean, it sounds cruel, but also, you know, it's part of the game. Yeah, I wanted them to experience it and know what it's like. So, um, but yeah, it was really, really cool. I was really sad because I started getting messages after, you know, we switched to all online last semester to like, I really miss D&D. Is there any way we can play? I don't like, I'm like, guys, I I don't know. I was like, your laptops block all the websites we want to use. And some people don't have access to it at home. So it was, it was really disappointing finding sure. that out but because a lot of them de- really depended on that each week and my room was a safe space for them so um i don't know it's just it was definitely like a really wholesome and positive experience for me and i'm trying to figure out a way to do that currently but i do know that still our clubs have to be all online so it kind of gets rid of the tabletop aspect of it mm-hmm. and having to because i don't really use roll 20 a lot but that would be the only way I could really teach them. Um, mm-hmm. And having to teach them a whole new program that I don't know quite well just yet is just, yeah. you know, I, I, I wish, because I wish last year we would have gotten the game started sooner. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, it was just really eye-opening and a really, really, like I said, a really, really awesome and cool experience. So I would do it again in a heartbeat as soon as it's safe to do so. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Oh man, that's so well. Good on you for doing that. Uh, I think creating a safe space for kids, and especially a, a place for uh, kids who might not otherwise be able to really come out of their shell, is uh, mm-hmm. is really really admirable, and uh, that's that's super awesome. Um, and uh, you know, if anyone listening, uh, I just want you to know if she, if she can create that positive sort of atmosphere atmosphere for uh, atmosphere. if they want, if she can create that sort of a uh, positive atmosphere for middle schoolers who are like going through like puberty and hormones and hate everything especially old people and we're all old hey can, for yourself. i could i can i mean honestly like i remember being in middle school and i'm gonna just withhold like what my opinion probably would have been at the time <laughs> i'm just i'm just gonna put it put it out there like i say said what i said sip but um <laughs> but uh I, I i just want to put out there like she can I, I guarantee you that there's more than likely a space for you at uh, at these one shots she's doing if uh, if you want to if you want to give it uh, give it a try yeah and this yeah the the schedule that i posted to is just for it's pretty tentative and it's for just the next couple of months um so i definitely plan on running more so it's not just uh not just for the the dates I listed, but it'll it'll I'm gonna keep the server up and everything once I have that all set up, and it will definitely be a ongoing thing. So. Oh, that's awesome! That's mm-hmm. awesome! Oh man! Um, so uh, during your story, I heard I heard you mention uh, sort of the importance of uh, of doing voices, and uh, that's that's something that's kind of come up uh, at least for me in uh, in our game recently uh the bagels um i've had to there's been some times where as i remember things like people be like oh like you said this i was like yeah but that wasn't in character and i i was just using the same voice for both 
with without having clear articles. Like some people, like maybe not, maybe voices is not your thing. The but the, without having like clear articles of like you know out of character, I'm saying this. Like um, I would have conversations with people that I guess like they thought were in character and quite similarly like just like similar voices like added to confusion i was like i should just do a voice that way there's no like ambiguity although i think i need to do a better one bagels chris said he couldn't tell when i was oh really (laughs) yeah so that's that was that that was funny i thought i thought i was landed on pretty thick uh in there but um but anyway that's that's neither here nor there um why uh what what were your points when you were when you were talking to your students uh grace about um about uh about like the importance of doing a voice and like uh and and that type of thing um well i mean you you bring up a good point like the importance of doing a voice you don't have to as long as you're able to say um like okay and then Armir says, and then say what you're saying, that I was letting them know that it wasn't absolutely necessary. I had, like, a couple theater kids in my class, too. And, you know, being in, remember my public school years and being a part of that, like, group, and those were all my friends. Um, like, they, they were totally down for, like, getting way into character. Um, but some kids were, like, uh, they would just look at me and just speak. And I would have to make that distinction in my head, like, okay, maybe that was in character. And, you know, <laughs> the DM can, like, ask, too. So can other players. But um, I think it's really – I just think it's fun to do different voices um, as someone who's a amateur voice actor as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. only is it practice, but, it, it, you know, it's just fun, you know. And you're not doing it to make fun of people who may have, like, a different accent or a different voice. It's just – you know, you're, it's just another layer into the character development that you're doing. So, um, like, Armir has a very, you know, UK accent, and um, like my current, the one that I have to play as right now because Armir's not a part of this arc is she's got a Russian accent, and that's really fun to do. But you know, like, it, it's just it's practice, it's fun. Mm-hmm. You're in character and. Yeah stuff like that but we also have like a player who is a rogue uh half gorgon and because she is uh and i love macy to death i've known macy for years she's from tennessee lived lived in tennessee her entire life um she has a very strong southern accent so dima who looks like she should talk with this smooth sultry like you know sneaky accent because she's a rogue and she's a half gorgon she has a southern accent and it's fantastic (laughs) macy just kind of says you know oh well dima will go and she'll talk as Dima. So while voices and stuff like that can be really, really fun, it's also perfectly fine if you don't feel comfortable doing a different voice or accent to just be like dictating, hey, so-and-so says this now, and then speak, you know? So you know both ways. I just like it because it's fun and silly. I I really like that. (laughs) Um, uh, It's really funny you bring that up. I had decided on a southern accent, uh, just my my mother being from South Carolina and grandma living with us uh, growing up. um, I I can do an all right one, but uh, I I, I was trying to be very strict to sort of keep it within the world uh, that that, like the world setting that uh, I wasn't going to do mannerisms or like uh, or anything like that, like uh, like southern slang or anything like that. So it's like a fine line that, uh, that I have to walk. Like you have to have good diction, but you have to do it like with the twang. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, so that's uh, and and that's all dependent on on the setting. That's that's something I'm putting on myself. Uh, anyone listening, like, don't be like, oh shit, like I thought this was gonna be fun. Like, no, no, that's 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 my that's my own restriction. Uh, but yeah, I g- he's he's a rogue, and I gave I gave him a southern accent. Um, and uh, I, I I might have to. I was gonna say yeah, I might I might have to kick it up a notch based on what uh, what our DM was saying. But we'll uh, we'll find we'll find out. Uh, We'll find out next game. We'll find out here in a, here in a couple of weeks. Um, Bagels, what are, what are your thoughts? I think you've uh, just being a newer player. I think you've done it both ways actually in both games now, uh, especially with the uh, with uh, your bird character. Which yeah. I think I think I think wh- which one is this one's name? Uh, Russell Crow. No, uh, that was no. The, that was the original name. The, I, I changed it to Will Tweeten eventually. Okay, okay. I really want. I really want. Can we? Can we, Damien? If you're listening, can we have Russell Crowe come back as like an NPC? Because Bevs remembers him. He remembers his original bird friend, and I'm gonna accidentally start calling Will Russell. <laughs> And I'm, re- no, I'm stealing this NP- I'm stealing this idea and I'm playing I'm playing Kenku named Russell Crow and you can't stop me. You absolutely cannot stop me. That is too good. I support this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was it was fantastic. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Biggs. No, you're good. Uh yeah, uh Quite frankly, when I first started with uh with both Russell and Will Sweden, I was like, I really want to try and like fit in a character voice with this. And it's it's kind of hard. I, I have a little bit of experience with with accents, and that sort of stuff, but it's it's pretty limited. So I was like, but I think I kind of Im- imitate noises a little bit and kind of just kind of fill it in a little bit and kind of into the Jim Hagney type type of thing a little bit. And it's it's actually kind of kind of fun just to um kind of kind of do that. But yeah, I, my other character Val Valhalla. <laughs> from uh, from other campaign. This is the bar. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have, really, really have an accent at all. It's kind of my my normal speaking voice. Uh, but yeah, I I try to make it pretty clear who's speaking whenever it's uh, whenever it's Val that's actually speaking. That's that's I think that's the biggest biggest thing is just to make it clear who is who is speaking and uh, try because you still have to try and f- uh, find your character when you're speaking to the other characters in the campaign. Uh, that that's the biggest thing in my opinion. Oh, and I, I think I think we got we got carried off on a tangent. I don't know if I if I fully um if I fully uh ap- appreciated uh the range of characters that uh, that you've played because you you've played in such a short time for being a new player. I think I think I've played with you with at least like four different characters that you've put together. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've we've been in, I think yeah we've been doing two kind of major campaigns and then just two two one shots off to the side and uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun developing those characters and I have of, I have an idea for oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Go, go, go. I, um, I was gonna say I have I have an idea for a uh, for a one shot. <laughs> that um that we're planning and I've started work on it you should know but like the one thing like I could probably put it together if like we like you know not 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 too long but I'm taking my time um because the whole premise of it is it's strictly a one shot but the whole premise of it is there is a wizard and he's created a bunch of tiny servants and you're one of them and <laughs> your whole character creation is that you roll to see what object you get created from that I'm going to give you some, like, bonus stats to for. 
So, like, I mean, all I'm gonna say is, like, watch out for whoever rolls the chamber pot. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, poor, you think... That Dude, who whoever stands in that thing's way is gonna get messed up. But the the whole premise of the uh, of the campaign is that th this wizard um, has created you, and he's sending you into another wizard's um, lair to steal something and get back. So like it's like an, like a little wizard tower is the whole campaign. He's gonna teleport you in there, and like if you die, don't worry. You're just gonna roll and get it be be another thing. Uh, is the premise of it because like this this wizard's like whole build is that <laughs> I, I basically uh, I, I I would need to pull it up to tell you like all the specifics of it but it's like it's mostly wizard with I think I dipped into sorcerer once or maybe it was warlock but uh, I basically made it so he could create as many tiny servants in a day as possible uh, which I think came out to like I think it's over a hundred really yeah wow. no he can like. <laughs> He can do a lot. He can do a lot. That's kind of it's, insane. Well, no, no, because that's that. But the, like, I built him specifically around that spell. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so, like, no matter how, like, what goes wrong, like, I can send more of them in there to like help you guys. So, so no worries. <laughs> you guys are set up. Impossible theme plays during the entire. Oh one man. Oh, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So, like, the whole premise is you'll make your way through like five levels of this wizard's tower. You'll you'll f find the object and then you got to make it back out. Um, I I fully get the get the entire feeling that's gonna be like Fantasia. <laughs> that's exactly what Tiny Servant is. So like we brought we brought this up earlier. Uh, it, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tiny Servant the spell is it turns any object, it basically like animates it, but it like like basically either from its parts like sprouts arms and legs. So if it was like a cup, let's say like the handle is one of the arms now, and like little feet just kind of like pop out of the bottom. And they're, like, animated, and they'll do stuff for you for, like, eight hours. But don't get it wrong. There is a spell called Animate Object. Yeah, that's different. That's something completely different. That would be, I like... <laughs> yeah, that would be, like... So the difference would be Animate Object would be, like, you're puppeteering something. Whereas this is, like, you've created a thing that will carry out a task without you paying attention to it. Uh, so, like, slightly different. Um, and way cooler than Unseen Servant. Which is a lower level. Spell. You actually get to see it do things. This yeah, time. no, and it's like Fantasia, like just, <laughs> just like, a, just like a Biggs has pointed out here. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's. I'm, I'm really excited for it. I've, uh, I've, I've put together the list. I've, I've made his character sheet, and I'm just coming up with like some fights or puzzles you guys can do. Uh, uh, once you get to the top and uh, and try to try to steal the uh, the item, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, yeah. So that should be that should be a lot of fun. <laughs> I concur. I've been looking forward to it for a while. <laughs> uh, uh, um, so yeah, I, uh, I I I started working. Our work work's been busy, but um, I hope to get that ready for you guys. Uh, you guys here soon. Uh, so uh, actually, that's that's a good point. So like that's 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 my idea of like a silly one shot. But like I'm a silly boy. <laughs> what what kind of stuff are you getting into, Grace? For anyone interested, or if anyone's like curious as to like what like, depending on what material you're using, uh, what what like a, an opening campaign like can more typically be like? Because I feel like while mine sound probably might sound fun, like hopefully I hope, um, <laughs> it might not be uh, it, it it might not be like the most typical campaign, right? Um. Well, are you talking about my one shots or just how I start a campaign? 
I was thinking more about your one shots for like, a, a, or like maybe just like one shots in general that you've encountered. Because like I, the, for me, like I've done, I've done some one shots with like Pathfinder, which is, is like basically like three point five light, um, mm-hmm. and at cons and and you know like first edition at cons, but uh, I haven't done. I haven't done too too many of them, and I'm just I'm just kind of curious. Like usually, what I run into has been the sort of adventure league or adventure guild. I think that's what it's called. The um, adventure guild, yeah, okay. yeah, the adventure yeah. guild, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's been sort of like preset campaigns that like they would put on at cons, and so it's like you have like preset character sheets to pick from. Like you sit down, whereas like. What you're doing, I think I would actually enjoy. I'm going to. I'm going to enjoy. I've signed up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy a lot more because like yours involves like character creation and uh, I think a lot more input than uh, than what you might experience in those sort of like more mass appeal settings. Because I feel like at a con, it's it's a little more understandable that they might not have time to sit down and walk you through the nuances of creating your character. Right. It's. I would say that's probably more like that at cons, because, so that way at least the DM knows what they're dealing with going into whatever run, you know, whatever module they're running. Um, I am a lot more freeform with it because it's you know they're one shots. I am more focused on just running the module and things like that. So, um, I actually came into um some of these really cool books. Um, they come out monthly apparently. I need to look into getting a proper subscription of them but they're called rolled and told and they basically come with i really um, like that they basically come with one one shot and then they also come which is like they're what they call it the main adventure it comes with like these illustrated comics and stuff too to go along with it um and it comes with like some information um like the one that i one of these has like running the game death and how to live with it like why killing your characters won't kill your campaign sort of thing um, and then sometimes, and they also include a mini adventure. So you could always like stick that into a like main campaign if you wanted to like fit it in your story. So I've got a bunch that I'm, that I've been reading up and like kind of rehearsing in my head about how these one shots can go. Mm-hmm. So there's some really fun ones in here. Um, a lot of people, I put out a poll to see if people would want like to know what the titles of the one shots are. And everybody's like, no, keep it a mystery. <laughs> so I'm like, Okay, <laughs> you asked more, but some of them were really, really cool, and a couple of them I could see going on for like several hours too, uh, just because of how com- complex some of the mechanics are. Um, but the reason I want people to come in with their own characters is because then at least they know that they're invested in what they've made, so it's not just like, oh, I have to, I have to play a dwarf. Man, I wanted to play a tiefling. I wanted to be a wizard, not a fighter. You know what I mean? So at least they have some choice in what's going on. So, you know, it's not so unexpected because I know that can be kind of anxious because you don't know, you know, what you're going to get going into it. So, you know, I I just like giving them the choice of at least what they're playing. Um, But yeah. Um, That's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to the... uh to the uh one shot that we have um because i think that'll be really accessible for anyone that uh is new right because i'm not uh, i'm not sure who else is uh signing up for my time slot i was gonna say bagels i should uh i should sign up for yours also but then i was like well i don't know i don't want to make the you know connected at the shoulder reference stick too hard and always show up together from stuff people start wondering if we're like you know if one of us is actually superman 
Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen us in, in a different chat? Exactly. Exactly. I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> Not even. And I just met you, like, a few years ago. So, like, what? Like, <laughs> We're alter egos of one another, but we somehow only can coexist within Discord chats. It's like Fight Club, only way less personal. <laughs> And scene. All right. See, we just repeat that. No, that was that was. <laughs> that's total horseshit. I did not repeat that at all. But, <laughs> but guys, I uh, I just I just want to um, I just want to put out there that that's that's really awesome. Uh, I think I think it's like uh, from an accessibility standpoint, and like you know, bagels uh, actually as 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 the uh, sort of like the the more more new uh player uh have you found because i think for everything you've done i don't think you've ever done like a pre-made build but like verse the sort of pre-made builds that you might get in some of the uh, rpgs that you've played how do you like being able to build it yourself it's a lot of fun i'll say that much uh, i mean some are some rpgs get a fair number of customizable options you're you're down to a couple select races or something like that. You're you're pretty limited on what you can choose for customizations. And in D and D, basically, the sky's the limit. You can imagine a, a, a character where they're they're low fat and chubby, and basically they're just just like a tank that can move like twenty feet, <laughs> but they're they're super strong. That, uh, or you could have you can have a mage that just is gliding all over the place and and basically casting fireball at at a drop of a pin, uh, or you can have a or you can have a bard that is just talking everybody's ear off and uh, basically whipping out the loot at every every possible opportunity to try and get a lady essentially. Oh <laughs> you man! What whatever you want to, and you can do it all. That that's that's the fun part about it, in in my opinion. You'd, you're not limited to what the constraints are of a a typical RPG. You're 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 even if you're somewhat limited in what the designs of the the DM or the, the campaign are in, but you still you still are pretty much wide open because I, I, uh, any DM I've played with uh, basically they'll they'll give you some some leeway and allow you to basically bring in whatever you want to and we'll make it work thing <laughs> that's always uh, at least that's been my, my experience so yeah <laughs> i like it i like it that's that's good to hear that's good to hear it's been a while since i was like that first player and i think uh when i was doing it um i was playing with people who were like way more experienced than me like they'd just been doing it a lot i don't really know we were all young younger obviously so i i don't know for like how how long they've been doing it but um i definitely felt like uh like I learned a lot in those in those in those things, and I think I think I've taken some habits that might not always be the best. Like I think uh, I have like this uh, this habit of uh, trying to like overpower my character, mm-hmm. just because that's 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 what that's what we did. That's, that's mm-hmm. like we just made like all right. So you've made a character, but he's not ridiculous. What if you built him exactly this way, and be like, oh yeah, that's a pretty sweet build. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, and I'm rolling nine dice now. All right, and yeah, yeah, yeah he's decimated. Okay, all right, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it kind of it takes the fun out of it, though. It, it takes because uh, the the failures are half the fun in D and D. 
Oh, mm-hmm. you're, you're, oh absolutely. You're, you're trying to persuade this guy, and you roll a one, and the DM looks at you as like, you're going to die now. <laughs> that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, so, that's part of the fun of it. <laughs> so for anyone who's who's never heard of, a, of tabletop and like never heard of like D&D, uh, you, you typically, for a lot of actions, you'll, you'll roll something. Um, the different number die involved, and you have... It basically, it's it's you versus a check, or it's you versus another role for the character that you're uh, playing against, and it sort of comes out to like whoever has the higher number. So you'll have ranks and like skills and like different stuff that you can you can exploit to to get around things. And and I think to Bagel's point, uh, I just want to like round out that thought uh, mm-hmm. I was having to where uh, it's just you know. Yeah, powering your way through stuff can be fun sometimes. Like sometimes you want to make a murder hobo. <laughs> Um, even if you, even if he is like fabulous, but, um, (laughs) but like other times you actually want to have options. So it's, it's very, um, I think it's good to be honest with your roles and just sort of like feel out the group. Cause like sometimes you're going to have one shots where like, yeah, like this is going to be fun guys. We're just going to, this is, it basically becomes like battle tactics with friends. Like it, it, it's you guys trying to work your way through like obstacles in your characters that you built or, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, you know. I actually let's actually RP through this. Let's let's try to work it out. Let's use our different strengths to uh, get through these uh, these puzzles and problems that we're facing. So I, th- I think it's good to uh, to have to have both uh, a mix of both. But uh, I I I. Sometimes I worry that I, I just so heavily like fall into the one side that I can I can miss out on the other. So that that's one of like the checks I have to make for myself. Uh, sure. Every time I go into uh, to character creation, is like, why am I really trying to get out of this? Like, how should I build this character? And, and I would always make the argument that it's more important to build your character around. Um, it, it, I, I would argue it's better to, to build around a backstory than it, it's better to. I, I mean, maybe you roll first and you, you see what you're doing and you, and you come out with, oh, I have a six. Where am I going to throw this? Uh, sort of thing. And so you're like, oh. Maybe my my character is just repulsive and has a charisma of six. So anytime he walks up to her and you, you try to persuade them to, to talk to you, they're, they're just like, no, get away from me, sort of thing. <laughs> that can be a lot of fun, too. Just you, 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 it, can, it basically round, rounds out who that character is and how, they, uh, and how they interact with the world that the DM has created. I, I really dig that, yeah, and especially if your character has, like, a bad dump stat like that. D- dump stat is term for, like, you don't, your your character doesn't really build off this stat, so you dump your bad roll into it. Um, is usually how I was taught to use it. I don't know if you guys heard it, uh, heard it, uh, specifically differently. But, um, it's been, uh, it's been particularly fun, uh, oh, and, and it's been particularly fun, um, I'll, I'll fix that, but, uh, it'll be, it's been particularly fun working out, um, how to because i've, I've kind of learned from you guys i guess is what i want to say uh that when you have like a bad role you can play off of it you can you can use mm-hmm. that to sort of like add to the fun instead of trying to be like oh well like i should i should redo it now like sometimes you get something incredibly bad like a three no one should do that you don't need that and in your life it's up yeah. the dm's discretion too to let yeah. you re-roll those sort of Mm-hmm. terrible things like when i was rolling for a dn destiny character i played recently um i think i rolled like a six or something and i'm like hey pink please help 
can I please re-roll the stat? I was like, I don't even know. Like, knowing Tesser, I was like, I don't even know what he would be terrible at here because he's fairly well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. Like, <laughs> yes. So, but there's also th- parts where, like, um, like at the beginning of the campaign, I didn't think I'd be putting stats into, like, or at least pursuing things that would help Armir with his performance roles because I never thought that that would be a thing I would be rolling a lot for for him (laughs) but there was a certain like moment in our campaign where we had to dance a lot (laughs) and uh, my dice were like you know what we're gonna kick ass during this part of the campaign and I rolled so high and our mirror just kept like cutting the dance floor to shreds and I was like well I guess he dances really good now and that just became a thing and i don't know it's just like it's like the little moments like that where you just don't expect your character uh to develop in that way mm-hmm. but it's uh it's a lot of fun so absolutely <laughs> what comes to mind for me is uh we were doing a one shot with uh uh taylor's girlfriend was dming and we had another one oh, of Kari's one shot i was about to bring up yeah. uh, my character yeah yeah, uh, uh, your your friend uh, Tay Tay, uh, he my, my best friend's name walked... is also Taylor. For anyone, <laughs> anyone wondering, uh, uh, we, wa- we walked into a uh, a tent and there was a carnival going on. And so one of the events was basically you had to find your way across the tables of the tent, uh, basically dodging projectiles thrown by um, uh, by the the basically the observers in, in the tent. And so, basically, he he didn't have very good eyes, but he just kept rolling ridiculous. And eventually, he just made it through all the way. And we're like, holy shit, what did we just do? And he won the whole event. And the event oh was wild. It was fantastic. I like it. I like it. Um, I, th- I think you cut out a little bit for me there, Bagels, but that was a, uh, I didn't have very high, uh, well, I had, I had, I had okay dexterity, I think it was. It was it was Tay Tay that that was rolling the. Oh right, he's the one that made it through. He made it through <laughs> all the way. Yeah, that was amazing. And yeah, then we all then we all I think we wasted that because that was sort of a a Groundhog Day thing where until you figured out what's going on, like the day kept starting over. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah, so like Ooh. that was that was a very fun that was a fun like little like one shot. That was uh, a great campaign. Yeah. Uh, I had I had a lot of fun with that, uh, and. With uh, God, what is it with um, with Kari uh, as as the DM? Uh, it was uh, my friend uh, Taylor's uh, first time doing any like D and D stuff, so that was that was really interesting to uh, to see him sort of like like oh yeah, and like he would uh, I think he like charismaed like three different people while he was there because that was like a big like stat for him. Uh, my character. Which we were, so, like, just because it was people's first time, we were only supposed to really, like, work from the player's handbook. Because it's, like, you know, enough to consume, like, at once, I think, if it's your first time. Uh, So, we were playing, and I was, I made a halfling, um, what was it, ranger. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I picked his name out of the suggested names from the book. (laughs) And so his name was Cade Toscobble. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, his dump stat, so his backstory, like, I, I, I kind of crafted after I made the rolls. His dump stat was charisma. 
I think his charisma was like a seven or an eight. It was pretty low. It was pretty low, yeah. And so his dump stat was that like he came from a clan that would like walk people through this like dangerous forest as like guides. So he was like really good at hiding, um and but like uh he he was good at like and his favorite terrain was like you know, forest and stuff like that. But his his family had been mostly like eaten or dead by like the various monsters in the forest so he, he was like hey like you need to go like make a family like have some kids or else like you'll get eaten out here so like he's like he's on this quest to uh to find a girlfriend um on this thing and his charisma is terrible but for whatever reason he was rolling really high with everyone he tried to flirt with <laughs> oh my god and it was really great. I think this is one of the things I, w- I was trying to touch upon earlier uh, when I was uh, kind of talking over myself. Um, that it was really fun to kind of like RP the surprise even that he has. Because like he knows that he's awful at this. <laughs> when things are going well and they're like, yeah, I would like to go around the fair. They're like, really? <laughs> okay, let's. All right. With me. <laughs> guess we're doing okay. this all right we're doing okay let's do it and uh it was really funny because <laughs> the days kept starting over he had been like he had essentially gone on two dates with this one woman and then he met another woman and he went on a date with her <laughs> oh my god yeah he didn't he didn't contribute too much to the overall quest but he was there he was there when it mattered he tried to help. And it really added to it that uh Kari is his girlfriend. Was <laughs> so she was playing all the characters that he was dating with. He's like, like, you're going to dump this other girl? <laughs> but she doesn't even know who I am at this point. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but you spent so much time with her. Like, yeah, so just give me 11 another chance. Like, well, what? <laughs> it's two dates. Nothing happened. <laughs> uh, so that was... Uh... That was, that was uh, probably more awkward for Kari. Kari, if you're listening to this ever or through the wall right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that that was that was a fun one. That was a fun one shot. Uh, that was another one where you got to. Uh, it was a little more limited, I guess, than some of the other campaigns. But that's another one where you. Uh, just just because it was, you know, I think rightly for the guidelines of just using the player's handbook. But that was that was a fun one. Um, I'd never played a ranger before, so that was really interesting to uh, to go out there. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, like, each of the classes obviously, like, play differently. You kind of have, like, and you might be familiar with this from, like, MMOs or other games. You kind of have, like, with, you kind of have different versions of, like, the Holy Trinity. So you have, like, people who do DPS... Uh, like, you have people who, like, do damage output or maybe have uh, high skills. You have people who, and this is in the broadest of terms, so I don't mean this as, like, oh, that's how I have to build the character, but, like, the different classes are sort of, like, geared toward these different things, um, which may actually be changing soon. There's a new book coming out that I, I would love to do a follow-up episode of, uh, of talking about, like, with, with the new rules. That would be cool. But um, you have different... Uh, different archetypes that things like tend to be tend to like lean towards so like your person who maybe like does okay at damage but 
can do all these useful skills might be your rogue or like thief type like you know they can they can work a lot of different things well and then you might have your magic users you might have someone who you know does damage output um and you might have someone who does like a lot more healing um and then there's how would you guys classify druids like uh, like hippies like is that is that a class like i mean i feel like that plays more off of the background of your character that you can choose <laughs> uh-huh. if you're a, if you're a hippie or not. Can you uh, be a druid who hates trees? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you could just stick to the animal side of it and be like, you know, what if, fuck everything. I don't know. I mean, I just totally uh, oh god, Grace, that reminds me. Do you remember it? It uh, so. We did we did a proto episode to this, you guys. I I think this one's going like the other one was really good. I did the editing for it uh, actually earlier, but this this is I think way more amazing, um, <laughs> with with our more structured having tried this once before approach. But um, uh, I remember I don't know if you remember the uh, the monk who hates trees. Yes, and they were hates all the plants, the trees. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I imagine this dude who's like he's eighty-seven, right? Like he's just like monk, like he is set in his ways. There is no, there is no like changing his mind about this. A tree fell on his parents, dead. Has a total vendetta against plants. Completely <laughs> vegan, not because he cares about animals, but because he fucking hates plants. If you're walking down the road, he will walk off to the side because fuck you, grass. He's <laughs> like, not, not gonna get satisfaction of eating you. That's what I'm saying. Like he will he will he will do so much like to yeah, he's going to be cremated, like it's completely like just like fuck the flat. <laughs> and I just imagine that like the entire time he got to like level one or two, depending on where the, the campaign started, was he was just off in the forest, like honing his skills, like just punching trees because he hates them so much. Like and then just by the end of it, like of years of just like solid like punching trees and, and eating a vegan diet. He's just so like <laughs> very creative at eating <laughs> Yes, he's just—he's so ripped that he can Oreos fell a tree in like one punch. Only, on, only off of water and Oreos for his entire life. I was so I was I was reading. I, I don't know if you guys have any like silly builds that you've come up with um, over the years, but I was reading about one earlier, and it was—it's a—it's uh, a barbarian. Who uses a, a lance, but the entire build, those are what I read it, the entire build is based around destroying, like, objects, like, uh, like, like the castle itself, as opposed to trying to, like, deal with the enemy inside. <laughs> oh my god. And so, like... Barbarian that destroys infrastructure. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, and, and it has, and it, and it, like, it got even more, it got even more bonuses if you used a lance specifically. And so I'm just imagining Don Quixote, and you're like watching it as another character is like, he's like, yo, is this guy tilting at windmills? And it, to, to steal a quote from Reddit, is this guy tilting at windmills and and winning? Like, is that what? Yeah, dude, dude, that is not my comment. That is, I can't forget the you name, but that 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 is that is a that was a, a high voted comment in Reddit, and I thought it's just so perfect as the reaction that any like reasonable character would have. Just like, really? He just, wow. All right. 
I'd say a lot of my silly builds are more based off of puns. They're not things that I've actually gotten to do because, like I said, I really have only been a PC with the current campaign I'm in with Armir. And he's just a straight up warlock. Um, but, like, these are puns I'm sure anybody playing D D&D long enough has heard. Like, you know, a bard and a barbarian. It's a barbarian. I think it'd be really fun to be. Or an Arakokra barbarian would be a birdbarian. You know, things like that. Or like a sorcerer that casts food-based spells as a sorcerer. Silly things things like that. (laughs) I really want... um, Yeah. (laughs) I really want to hear a bird bird bard now. (laughs) Where it's just like tweeting the whole time. And, like, whenever um, you perform it, you just have, like, some nature track ready to go. And it's just like, tweet, <laughs> like, like, going off. I can't do bird calls or else I would just do that. But that's how I, I can would. do the one with the hands. That's about it. But uh, with the campaign I ran, it required me to make an NPC for every playable class. So um, I ended up making the bard a... <laughs> it, it was an Arcogra. And... It was a hummingbird, so he was a hummingbird. And oh my god! Um, <laughs> so when they went to go look for the bard representative, they couldn't find him, and he was like, "I'm down here." And you know, they had to look down, and there he was, just chilling with his. Uh, they were like, "What's your uh, what's your instrument? Is it a tiny lute?" And he goes, "No," and he had a magical instrument that he summoned, and it was this massive harp. Oh and my god! <laughs> that was his. Uh, what that was his. Uh, musical musical. Uh, instrument of choice. I really hope. Harp. I really hope if anything ever happened to the harp that your fallback on was that he would just hum his way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my uh, the 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 students that were playing at the time started bickering and arguing right in front of him. So um, while I was waiting there for them to be done, I pulled up that video of the hummingbird sleeping, where it's like whistling really loudly. <laughs> and I just started playing it over the the Bluetooth speaker I had because that was how I did like music and stuff to establish atmosphere um and so i just started playing that and they were like what's that noise what's going on i said oh yeah while you guys were arguing about where you should go next and what to uh talk to the bard about um he fell asleep (laughs) and so (laughs) he is tiny and adorable and he can't talk to you now so (laughs) (laughs) roll a check to see if you can handle how precious he is I had to talk in a really high-pitched accent for that, too. It was great. Ooh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's, that's one, of the, uh, one, of the, one of the best things, I think, that, that I think I could tell anyone who's uh, thinking about getting interested in, in D&D is you can really just take it anywhere you want. You can be silly. Yeah. You can be serious. You can be, you, can be, uh, you can be tropey, and you can, like, fight against the tropes. Like, I love the idea if you had, like, a rainbow sunshine warlock. <laughs> like, they made a pact with a unicorn they met by accident. <laughs> Through dumb luck and just became, like, you know, Bill Fernandez turned into a magical girl. Our mirror's first patron, like, in that one off uh, campaign that we tried to do, he, I, I didn't know enough about the game at the time, and I was like, man, I have to pick a god? Like, what am I supposed to do? like this one looks cool because i get these powers with it so he made a i had said at the time that he made a pact with baphomet because he thought baphomet was hot 
That was, I, that I was why it. he chose it. And That's such a JoJo thing to do. It is, right? It's very JoJo's. And that was before I even knew what JoJo's was. Dio, I um, found you naked. Of course I'll work for you. <laughs> <laughs> but then I started to like, you know, go back on character building. And I was like, mm, maybe he, I was like, well, I wasn't looking at doing the great old ones. Because I feel like those like spells and stuff are cool. Because you get like, you know, detect thoughts and you could, you know, do all that kind of cool stuff like you know the little the little features you get per level and things and i was like i'm gonna look more into dendar like the nightmare serpent because that was kind of our mirror's whole look is like mm. he's an abyssal tiefling he's dark purple so like that could be a good whole aesthetic to roll with and then you know c- come to find out you know through backstory and character development that he didn't choose to have a pact in the first place and mm. you know all that fun stuff and then he ended up after several, you know, encounters with how bad that the Dendar can be and the things she was asking him to do and the way it was affecting his party and all that, he's like, Maybe I don't want this pact anymore and he ended up just revoking it and taking the offer from an archfey and now he's with an archfey and it's kinda cool, but he always gives him like really extravagant, gaudy things to wear and I stuff love like it. that. <laughs> So it's fun, and I love Nar to death. They are such a fun NPC, but also it's like, come on, yeah, I don't. He likes sparkly things, but not to the extent of sparkly boots that cast I, a spell when you put the heels together. So. I actually, I actually really love this because you thought you were getting away from the JoJo, and it just keeps like yeah. you thought you could escape it, <laughs> and and then around the corner, all you see is menacing floating in the air in Japanese. <laughs> That's very, that's very much him. He, would, he wouldn't sit there and just... That that was Armir before more character development. He was very like, I don't trust you. I don't trust anyone. Any of you could be here to take me back to that guy. And I don't want to... I'm not chancing it. I'm not... Let's not so do you've this. Grown, you've grown from part three into part four. <laughs> yes, we beat up our friends now. That's right. You <laughs> beat him up with team. friendship. Yep. <laughs> You will be my friend. I will, and and I, I love I love that you do that because uh, what I feel like the book really lends itself to is that like a brooding sort of gothy warlock, you know, just like Ugh. like and and the pa- it's not that like the the book does does tell you I think in in character creation very early on that like you make this your own, but it's just mm-hmm. like the powers just lend themselves to that. <laughs> I, I I I really do. It's like oh yeah, I can be whatever I want. But I have, like, oh, like, cut yourself to summon a flame blade. Like, really? Like, I have to... <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's not a real thing. I'm, I'm being a jerk. But... I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it is a thing. Because there, there are blood hunters that have to do that. To, like, I thought, I was, I thought I was one, being extreme. No, there, that's, a, that's a whole class. That's a, see, that's a like thing. this is what I'm saying. Like, like cut yourself. <laughs> that's a legitimate thing. <laughs> like, like that's, you see what I'm saying? Like, but I love the idea that when you really get down to the root of it, like unlike um, so the other magic classes. Uh, anyone listening, if you're not sure, the other magic classes, uh, like wizards, like their their power is through study, right? Like their their book, their journal of all like the They're spells that they know. Like, usually. yeah, like that. That's the their knowledge is the source of their power. And then you have like sorcerers who. They're just like, I don't know. I feel like sorcerers are like ready to join Mensa. They're just like naturally great at shit. 
and no mm-hmm. one's sure why. It's like, yeah, no, I don't know. Just like, ha, like, <laughs> flame. Celestial <laughs> kissed me when I was a baby, and now I can cast magic. Yeah, like, it's it's very, like, kismity. Like, it's it's uh, it's fun. Um, and then you have, like, uh, the healing classes, like cleric. Well, yeah. And, like, other, and well, other stuff. Sorry, with sorcerer real quick. It is bloodlines, too, so that yes. could also be it. Yes, it is. It is bloodlines. You could, but like, you could also be the first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, like it's, a, it's wild magic too. Yeah. Like it's it's just like you could like yeah like it's it, you could just be random. Um, and <laughs> uh, but with uh with warlocks, it's all about the pact. It's all about the deal that you make with uh whatever the uh, the magical thing is. So like, all of the examples I feel like the book leans you towards is usually like some type of like god devil like uh you know you know like that like that type of thing or like you, you know arch some... phase, you yeah. have the fiends which are you mm-hmm. know like you said devils demons things yeah. like that but it could be great old ones the most notable is cthulhu so he's a great cthulhu. old one there's also like ukatoa and stuff like that but you can also with you know we mentioned it before um sorry i love warlocks they're mm-hmm. my favorite class. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> Uh, Xanathar's yeah. Guide to Everything, they have the Hexblade Warlock, too. So you get, like, a magical weapon that's given to you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in my character's case, he was already magically innate. And this was more of a, you know, what if I give you this magic tattoo and bind you to a god without really telling you that's what it is? And, you know, we'll see what happens! Because I'm a mad scientist. And I'm just, um, I'm just imagining, so. like, when he finally discovers it, like, it is in full Warlock, just, like, the hair falls over half of his face, and he's like, lame? I'm so sorry I'm so sorry but I want to uh I, I want to say like but like, to, to your point like it's it's all about the pack like it could be with a genie it could be with uh one yes. one I read about that I that I really enjoyed was a sentient weapon you find a sentient oh. weapon like somewhere and it, mm-hmm. it, it like that's who your pact is with so if you go like hexblade like your pact is your magic weapon yes and so, like that's that's a very that like that's a very interesting one. It could be it could be any like number of things. Like you got stabbed by a unicorn, and he asked if you wanted to live. Like okay. Like, <laughs> and the one that the other one I really want to explore sometime and look more into is the one in Xanathar's. It's the um, the celestial. So like you actually make a connection with like a being from like the upper planes. So that's where you would you know make the pact with the uh, like. Um, unicorn or Kirin or something like that. So it's a more benevolent pact than all the others because the others are pretty sinister. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that'd be a really fun experience because, like I said, it's with a celestial. So it's a actually like healing that. warlock for once. <laughs> I'm actually a healing warlock sounds really cool, but I'm I'm also wondering like what a celestial patron would be like. Just kind of show up and just like just really be like snooty about everything. Like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. For a mortal place. <laughs> For mortal. Yeah, like this is uh you know, this is this is pretty cool, like, if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> so <laughs> just very like douchey and like, yeah, I live in heaven, no biggie. No biggie, I have yeah. a halo, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the god that pretty much made everything, like he didn't kick us out, so ooh, awkward. Hmm. <laughs> Just wanna. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, but otherwise, you're doing great. Have a 
I brought you some cookies. And... <laughs> <laughs> or, just for your consideration, a warlock with a celestial pact that is just as emo and brooding and is like, man, I hate this. Oh, I love it. Why did you agree to the pact? My fucking parents don't understand me. <laughs> my mom's a cleric of you know uh, Lathander and all these nice my dad is a really cool sorcerer who heals things but no they wouldn't let me make a pact with Baphomet and then he's and then he's sitting there like just like you know underage smoking a cigarette like fucking make, me wear this, make me wear this fucking glitter shirt I don't even like fucking glitter they can't make me yeah. not wear my hair the way I want to they fuck you <laughs> It's yeah, my expression. Do you wear a spiky bracelet because it helps you in battle? No, it's a statement. That's a side. It's not functional, but <laughs> um, it's a metaphor. Jeez. <laughs> You don't fucking get it because you just feel like fucking having fuck off. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be the most fun character clearly to play with. Um, but that's that's another thing. Like, I, I think I think we've mentioned a few times. Like, if you're not sure what you want to do, it doesn't have to be totally original. Like, maybe there's something you've always wanted to play as, like, especially mm-hmm. for a one shot. Like, dude, like I don't know. Make make an awkward character from your favorite show and just be that be that person. Like, I, and I think in some ways, if you're a fan of something, it might help you embody it a little easier if it's your first time. Um, sure. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, like just just as an idea out there. I I, I know um, obviously Bagels is a hundred percent original and had no inspiration for Russell Crowe or Will Tweeten. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it fucking gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those are 100% original characters. But then maybe if people like myself who, uh, who you know, get got maybe got their, uh, I'll get character names from a movie, but maybe I'll base them on someone else that I'm a fan of. Like like even earlier with uh, with Beverly, I, I, I think I mentioned like when I imagine his voice, like I just try to like think like think Vincent Price thoughts. In my head, whenever whenever I prepare to speak as old devs, but uh, yeah, so it's I, I think there there are different there are different things that you can use because honestly, like I think uh, one thing that's definitely fun to point out is like this is a tabletop game, and exactly. at the end of the day, like one of the people you're entertaining is yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it's it's like creativity you get to play out, but it's. It's just very rewarding. I, I think I think I, I really can't do justice about like how much fun it is to like sit there and like create the character and then get to like act out what they would do in these random scenarios that are thrown at you. Um, it's 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 pretty re- rewarding because I think uh, you know to to Bagel's point uh, earlier, it was uh, it's definitely more fun than just having a stock character given to you like a la mm-hmm. an RPG and like take it from me. We loves us some RPGs. Mm-hmm. We need to have. We should do a uh, bagels. You're are is was it? You're not as familiar with the Final Fantasy, but you're familiar with the Mass Effect. Oh yeah, I'm extremely familiar with Mass Effect. <laughs> Yo. Yo, scribe, 
add that to the off topic. Like, sorry. <laughs> hey, on the same vein as Bioware, Dragon Age. That's my yeah. domain. Yeah. Dragon Age? Dragon oh, Age I love too. Dragon Age too. I love Dragon Age. I was playing, so speaking of like RPGs, I was playing, uh, my friends got me to do the, uh, the free trial of Final Fantasy fourteen, And I'm having fun with the free trial. I don't think I could do an MMO like hardcore investment again but like the main story of like the free trial because it's like the 2.0 plus the first expansion uh storyline like it's fun but there are these characters called the uh, the crystal braid like it's a company you form and I was like so these guys are basically exactly like Dragon Age Inquisition but without anyone's permission to do anything <laughs> oh my god they were just doing it like nobody said yeah like they just they didn't ask they were like hey we're doing this do you want to help like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i really i really enjoyed that um what was your uh well i guess this is an interesting question um and it, it might help to ask like what, what type of uh campaigns you like to do what's the uh i know the answer for you bagels it's it's level six what's the uh what's the highest level you've gotten to because like i've it's sort of like a round out uh i I think um for like character creation how far you should envision something can totally do with uh where the campaign takes place and how how long you're really going to be invested into it so i would say like probably for a long campaign you typically start level one but like maybe for your one shot you start out at level like three or five or something like that um so it's it's very fun to uh, to sort of picture where your character is, but like the cap level is twenty. By the time you're twenty, I'm pretty sure you can like go punch a god and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, um, it depends on like, the, the story, of course. But yeah, yeah, it's like you you're, could punch a god and get away with it. You're like stupid powerful, like, and I mean like Goku levels insane. <laughs> so not not in my experience. <coughs> excuse me. Not too many campaigns actually make it that far. But uh, when you guys play your Dragon Ages, do you like the earlier Dragon Ages, or do you like the Inquisition sort of Dragon Age? Um, and even Inquisition, you can split into two parts, where like you're making like big decisions, or do you like sort of uh, the dealing with uh, more local stuff, uh, sort of figuring out the more immersive, maybe, in, in each setting? Because I feel like that's one thing Inquisition sort of lost on you, is that you didn't really get into a lot of the nitty-gritty, because you're making, like... That's fair. You're making, like, world decisions, so anyone that talks to you, like, knows that, like, oh, shit, yeah, this guy could just take over the country, and we already said he could, so, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to treat you maybe a little differently. city capital, and um, I'll just give you this. Um, are you talking about, like, a more D&D setting? Or in... Yeah, that's what I mean, like, like using okay. that as sort of, like, a juxtaposition. So, like, uh, it, just because I feel like bagels can have a little more input in this in this as well. Uh, having played those games, um, do do you sort of like the uh, the the big decisions, or do you like the more like a uh, like low level uh, nitty gritty like interpersonal uh, uh, standpoints yeah. to uh, to player character from? That's it, so. Sure. Um, I guess personally, I I I'm all about the character uh, character uh, relations in in those games, and sim- similarly, I the 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 grants. Grand stuff comes eventually. Uh, that's always been my my approach to games, and I, I think D and D so far as well. I, I try to get immersed in the moment and what's what's going on around me, and just try and interact with with the characters that are that are nearby and how they're developed. That's that's what I find immersive. 
about these sorts of activities. It's just just the just the just those individual relationships between between the characters that I I, I really value particularly. Not not to devalue the the grand grand scale stuff as well because that that can be fun. Just when you're at that final point, you're fully leveled up and you're like, oh my. <laughs> I just now sort of thing, but that, that can be fun fun as well. But it, I, I I guess per, personally, I, I'm I'm more about um, just how how your interactions with both the player characters in in D and D go, and uh, um, how your interactions with the N- NPCs uh, evolve the world uh, around you. That's that's kind of my 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 thought process. I can dig that. I can dig that. I really um I really kind of appreciate that that, that viewpoint too because I feel like you can have a lot more fun when you're not important mm-hmm. in D&D, mm-hmm. uh, especially. Um, it, it, or maybe a different kind of fun. You can have a lot of a uh, different kind of fun uh, if, if your character's not doesn't have, like, huge renown. Uh, people people treat you differently, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely, like, a fun a fun place to uh, to come from. But, uh, but yeah, I think I think I agree with that. Uh, what about you, Grace? Uh, I, I know, like, I've, I've only DM'd a couple things in my time like uh, I, I i'm sure you have more experience than me uh, in that at this point as someone who's done the world crafting which uh which do you find more fun uh or not more fun but like which do you prefer i guess um i would probably kind of side with bagels here i while i love being a higher level and it is kind of fun to be to have like your adventuring party like recognizable or i mean our dm doesn't really lean too heavily into that he like doesn't have NPCs running up to us like, oh my god, fuzzy bunnies, help us! And yes, that is our adventuring group name. I love it, and I will defend it with uh, until my final breath. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, it, I like that our DM doesn't lean into that aspect um, because I feel like it gets really awkward. You know, like oh my god, you're this group. We know your names. We know what you've done. Hooray! It's nice to just still be you know someone who's able to affect the world from you know, an outside perspective, like while we have literally stopped a war and, um, you know, rescued one of our party members' families from being under a kind of nasty interaction with an archfey, our, our mirror's current patron, um, and things like that. Like it's, I, I really do like, you know, no matter how high of a level you are, not being this like super important force in the same time, like, while you're able to help others because you're more powerful and be more influential, I still, I still like being able to kind of be the, the bystander and experience, you know, what's going on in the world. You know, like most recently, uh, the, the, the King, the, the had been the stand-in King, um, basically said that, you know, he's going to get rid of the monarchy. It's going to be a democracy. We're going to tell you what to do, things like that. And instead of, being standing up next to him while he was on his, you know, balcony giving this big speech. We were in the crowd with all the other NPCs. So, you know, we were just as important as the people were. And that's kind of important to me as well. And um, I don't know, as and as a DM with the campaign that I was running, you know, I had my students joining an organization. So they were becoming a part of something bigger that they didn't even know existed prior. So, you know, it's things like that, that I, I like that. I feel like, you know, the experience in a more one player campaign, like you said, as juxtaposition for like Inquisition, you know, you're one single person, 
you're not working with any other real people. You're working with NPCs and politics and, you know, po- that, that kind of stuff exists in D&D as well. But, um, you know, you're not collaborating with anybody. You're, you are the one person playing while D&D is more of a, you know, you're teamed up with at least two or three other people at the least. So I don't know. I've rambled a lot about this, but I do think that I prefer um, still being seen as just another person rather than being the all important saviors of the world sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's a, I think there's a nice balance between um, being courted. Like when someone's like, no, like I heard very good because I looked specifically into what I'm hiring you for, as opposed to uh, the, uh, the sort of, uh, I don't know, maybe a total balance of, uh, of people running up to you in the street like you're a celebrity but i guess like maybe if that's contained to one region to like one part of the world where you're famous maybe that can be a lot of fun sure like, you... actually in our campaign because one of our one of our players is a uh, a princess of a country oh i love it so i love it is like, it shinobia no it's french <laughs> it's fantasy it. french but yeah, so in that case, it was really cool because, I mean, but for the the character, you know, it, it's not necessarily the setting I don't think she would prefer. But I won't I won't speak for um, Tam because that is her narrative, not mine. So, <laughs> and I really respect I that. So. I can dig it. Well, yeah, I think I think this is a good place to pause. Um, if, if you still don't want to play d and D, I I think we've convinced you it's not for you at this point. And... <laughs> And uh, if you think it's something you want to explore, uh, Grace, um, how can people find out uh, more about you? Because, you know, you're not just a a teacher. If you didn't, if you haven't heard her other uh, guest spot on our show, she is a great artiste. She can and teaches. Artist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, and so how can how can uh, any new fans you may have made find you? Um, my main Twitter where I do everything but art, where it's, you know, rambling about original characters, D&D, and playing, posting screenshots from playing games and everything. Um, that is Night Stalker. So if you know the Destiny class, that's how you spell it. It has three eyes in it. So it's like Night Stalker. Um, <laughs> my art account is linked in the bio. It is Lizard Draws. So there's two eyes and two Ds. Um, on that account, my main is also linked, and there's also a link tree on my art account that will take you to things like my tip jar and um, my website. There's a link to like my Steam account, my print shop, because I got some prints up now, um, and just a bunch of other things. I also have some really goofy t-shirts up, too. Oh, so, nice. Uh, yeah, it's just those two spots, but on my art account, you can find literally every other social I've got on that link tree. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. Um, <clears throat> well, thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, do you have any uh, shout outs that you would uh, you would like to shout out? Yeah, I'm going to shout out the Fuzzy Bunnies. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Always, I will shout out the Fuzzy Bunnies. So Tam, Macy, uh, Trent and Barclay are on Twitter. Um, and Disco or Betsy. Um they're all wonderful. I am so, so fortunate to be a part of the campaign that I'm in currently because we've been going for literally a year and a half now. So um, it's definitely been like some of the best moments of my life being on that campaign. 
Um, I want to shout out the Termino Project run by Isacole because um, I'm a voice actor for that. We mm -hmm. are doing a behind-the-scenes stream soon. I know the date. It's not public yet, so I can't share it. But <laughs> I will definitely be retweeting it, so if you follow my socials, you'll see it. Um, let's see. I'm also a part of the Wayward Destiny story, so if you search Wayward Destiny, you'll find it. I'm a, a side character for it. I'm a ghost um, for one of the main characters, and... Um, and one of the other voice actors is running a second camp. Well, another campaign that I will be a part of. I'm doing all the character <clears throat> art and the tokens for it currently. Um, that will be starting on Sunday, October 4th. Um, I don't know the exact time yet, but, uh, I believe it's like two o'clock EST cause he is in the UK. Um, but yes, yeah, so I will be playing a monk. That's all you get to know publicly because it. my party members don't know any other details yet. So <laughs> I'm trying to keep him as mysterious as possible. Or it. his name is Crash Tempest. I but, really yeah. hope he hates trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you more about him after this. So Boom. you'll love him. Like, Fuck you, tree. Fuck you, tree. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like Crash Tempest is his name. I love it. So. Oh, maybe he hates snow. <laughs> He's actually resistant to cold. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> he just sees he sees condensed water and he just gets fucking mad. I fucking hate that. Can't get my bolt for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Bagels, do you have any shout outs, Buckaroo? Well, I'm going to shout out to our D&D &D crew. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any cool names like bunnies. <laughs> we should we should come up with something. The we, name we I was name, the name I was going to give uh, my my character Thomas as a sword was the uh, was the Red Serena because that's because it's a rapier, so he stabs people mm -hmm. and just leaves the red mark like a little flower. Um, <laughs> but uh, we could use that. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> it's not officially on the sword yet, but we do leave a lot of blood That's everywhere we, we do especially those were jackals. oh dude we cleared out uh, just a whole forest generations of were jackals dead oh my god and we did it because we didn't have anything else to do and we remembered there were were jackals and they were dicks so we just went back and killed them some lamia showed up like all right guess you gotta go too because you're with them so and then yeah it was a whole thing <laughs> it was quite the, quite the experience yeah no I imagine no like but, seriously we leveled up a couple times that was yeah. it was that many were jackals yeah, <laughs> but yeah the the crew is uh don snuggle uh taylor and myself of course uh <laughs> and then our dm chris you guys you guys are awesome and especially chris for, for putting that together our camp campaigns yeah. and yeah, uh, it's it's been fun. So uh, that, my shout outs to those 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 guys and uh, yeah. How about you, Taylor? Um, my shout outs are going to be. Uh, I'm gonna shout out to like D and D five E anyone who like picks up the game, DMs with their friends, all the people trying to uh, create some escape uh, for their their little uh, tight knit groups, their little parties. Um, through imagination and tabletop and uh, shared creativity. Uh, my my shout outs to you guys because honestly, like uh, you know, Chris, uh, people like Grace, um, who are out there uh, giving giving us opportunities. Because I mean, uh, I I don't know if if 
if you guys know this, but like D and D, especially like uh, remote apps like Roll Twenty, Forge, like what have you, have really like exploded during COVID mm-hmm. because people really missed that uh, that part of the interaction, much like uh, like your, your students did, you know, like uh, like you were telling us earlier. So uh, my shout out to everyone uh, creating those worlds, all the DMs or uh, or GMs, depending on uh, on how you say it, which which cut you take out there. Uh, my my, my shout outs to you guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, I've done it once or twice, but I don't have the patience for it. So I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that, um, uh, please stay safe. Please tune in to us next week. So like, and future weeks. So like, this is like a whole stay safe plan request. Just like it, the mark the meeting in your calendar and just set it to indefinite. <laughs> <laughs> stay safe. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. That's the end of this week's topic, but be sure to check out our past and future episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. If you have any questions about this week's topic, want to discuss Destiny lore with us, or if you just feel like reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at SpinfoilTheory, or you can email us via SpinfoilTheory at gmail.com. Thanks for listening!